You're listening to Focus on the Bible. Have you read in the Bible about all those animal sacrifices that were made in the Old Testament? There were hundreds and thousands of animals. Enough animals died in the Old Testament pages that they could have made a river of blood flow through the promised land. But not a one of those animals or that blood ever took away a single sin. Let's talk about this. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse number 4, the Bible says very clearly that animal sacrifices could never take away sin. Here we go. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats should take away sins. Well, you might ask, why then did God have those people offer all those animal sacrifices? Well, that was God's way of teaching us that for the payment of sin, a death payment was required. It was never a payment of animals. It had to be a perfect sacrifice, ultimately, that would take away our sin. But all those Old Testament animals died to give us chalkboard illustrations of what one day Jesus would do in the Lamb of God. In verse 5, Hebrews chapter 10, the Bible says, Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he saith, quote, Sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not, but a body hast thou prepared me. You see, it would take a body to satisfy God over the payment for our sin. Throughout the pages of the Old Testament, all the sacrifices ever offered were only symbols of what Jesus one day would do at the cross. So in Hebrews 10 and verse 5, a new character emerges in God's drama of grace and love. It's Jesus himself spoken of in the Old Testament and the New as God's perfect sacrifice. You remember John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. That's Jesus Christ. Verse number 6 says, In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, thou hast had no pleasure. You see, those animals never gave God any pleasure that sin was actually being paid. Those were just illustrations. In a sense, they covered over man's sin in the way that we might sweep the dirt under the rug. But the dirt is still there and available. Now, now verse number 9 then said he, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first, that he may establish the second. So these are the words of Jesus Christ. Now this is a quote from Psalm 40. But it's Jesus who says, Lord, I'm giving my body to take away the sin of the world. Is that good? This is the love and grace of God shown to us through Jesus Christ as He comes into the world to do what no animal could ever do. But what does this mean in verse 9? You've probably heard it before. He taketh away the first that He may establish the second. Well, it's easy to see what the second is in verse 10. He says, By the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. So the second thing is the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Well, what was the first? All those animal sacrifices. It's so easy to understand once you see the picture that God is going to deal with sin once and for all through His own Savior, Jesus Christ, and not by any animal at all or friend today or any other sacrifice offered by human beings. 
Now, verse 10 and 11 and 12. By the which will we're sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And every priest standeth daily ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. So no sacrifices that are being offered today are taking away sin. Do you know some people receive communion with the hope that a sin offering is being made? In fact, there are sometimes priests who put that cracker into the mouth of a person who actually say the body of Jesus Christ. Absolutely not. The body of Jesus Christ has already been offered one time at the cross at Calvary. The Lord's Supper, or as you might call it, Mass or Communion, is not an offering being made. There's no sacrifice being made. That's a remembrance. It's a memorial. The cracker is only a substitute in the place of the real sacrifice that was made. And we're to keep that memorial as we eat that bread, but no sacrifice is being made. You don't take the Lord's Supper on Sunday and then go and sin for a week and then come back and take the Lord's Supper to pay for the sin you did in your week. Not, not true. It's just not true. It may be understood that way by many people, but many people don't make a lie into a truth. Jesus offered His sacrifice once and for all. And he made a sacrifice that could never, ever be equaled. It actually satisfied God, his Father, over the price of our sin. And that's why he says here that he did it once for all. Verse 12 says, But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God. Why did Jesus Take a seat at the right hand of God because he offered one sacrifice that counted forever. It counted forever and it counted for everybody. The payment for sin is all made and it was made one time for everyone. Now see, verse 11 points out that there might be a priest who's standing offering these daily sacrifices in a temple or a church somewhere but those are not real sacrifices that satisfy God. Jesus made the real sacrifice that satisfied God his Father, and he did it at Calvary, and it's the central subject of the Bible. It's the dominant story in the pages of God's Word. I wish that more people paid attention to this, and if they did, religion would be dying a slow death. Religion is man's attempt to satisfy God himself through what man might call some sacrifice, some giving, some sacrifice, some religious duty, some righteous deed. But friend, what does the Bible say? All our righteousnesses are as what? Filthy rags, Isaiah 64 and verse 6. But Jesus made a pure offering that was so good, it satisfied God over the payment of our sin, and it satisfied God so completely there will never be another offering ever made. It took a death penalty to pay our sin, not any other kind, but it had to be a special death payment paid by a holy Savior, and there's only one of those, and that's Jesus Christ, the righteous. Let me ask you, friend, what are you trusting in today? 
for the forgiveness of your own sin. If you somehow have, through your religious training, come to believe that you can pay your own way through giving, sacrifice, religious deeds, well, the time has come that you should admit that you were wrong about that. I love you enough to tell you the truth. You see, the Bible is going to be God's truth in the world. Whether a person accepts it or not, it's God's final word. There are today in seminaries across our country training people who are going to be leaders in churches that there is a final justification that will be made by God depending on the works that people do. Isn't that a shame? That is such a sad state of affairs that our seminaries have come to the point that they're actually teaching works for salvation. There is no work for salvation. There's no sacrifice, no gift, no deed that we could ever do that would take away even one of our sins. Otherwise, the Bible is in error about how important the death of Jesus Christ is to God the Father. If people understood the finality of the cross, then religion would die. Our sin was paid for final at the cross. The proof of that is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He was raised from the dead for our justification. What that means is that we can be declared righteous by God because the resurrection proved that Jesus was alive. He took all our sin at the cross, paid it when he died, and paid it to the full. Now, anyone could have made that claim, couldn't they? But only the real one comes back from the dead. As the prophecies said in the Old Testament, God would extend the life of his Savior in the world. Jesus' resurrection is documented history. It's not a leap in the dark. It's not some blind hope. No, it's documented. He rose from the dead. And that resurrection proves that he came alive again at the power of God because our sin was all paid. He is no hoax. He is no fake. He's not a crazy man because crazy men don't say they'll come alive from the dead and then do it. And as certainly as Jesus rose from the dead, our sins are all paid. He's the Lamb of God who lives again. Do you know the book of Revelation speaks about that very Lamb of God who opens a book in heaven that couldn't be opened by any other? It's Jesus Christ. And he's going to open the books before God, the record books of who has eternal life and who doesn't. Friend, I can tell you today, I know I'm going to heaven. I know I'm in the book because I rested my faith in Jesus Christ. I realized that no, nothing I could ever do would take away my own sin. But Jesus Christ took it away when he died for it. The Bible says he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. 2 Corinthians 5, 21. I'm righteous because of him. I no longer stand in myself. I'm standing in Jesus Christ. My own self died when I put my faith in him. And because I identified with him in his death, he identifies with me 
and his resurrection. Isn't that good news today? God loves you, friend. And he loves you so much that he proved it like no one else ever did or even ever could. He took your sin and made it his own. He paid your sin penalty at the cross. What kind of love is that? That a holy God would love sinful people and would love them literally to death. Your sin's all paid. Well, good, Freddie. Then everyone in the world is saved. But everyone in the world is not saved. Everyone's sins are paid, thank God. But not everyone is saved because it takes faith in Jesus Christ for that. You must believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and then you'll be saved. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Listen, for God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. John 3:17. You see, Jesus is not our problem. He's not even our judge. He didn't come to judge. He came to save. He came to seek and save that which was lost. That would include you and me. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And thank God Jesus Christ took all that sin of all people of all time, heaped it up on himself, and died to pay it all. He really was the Lamb of God. And friend, right now, He loves you. He loves you today. Old Peter said in the end of his life that Jesus did not redeem us with silver and gold, but by the precious blood of the Lamb of God. Isn't that a wonderful thought today, friend? God loves you and paid more than gold and silver for you. He paid with his blood and body at the cross. If your faith is in Christ, you have everlasting life. If your faith is not in Christ, won't you heed my word today, friend? And right now where you are this moment, will you put your faith in him? All the faith you have rested in him. He'll give you eternal life. Thanks for joining us for Focus on the Bible. This episode is a production of Focus Evangelistic Ministries Incorporated. For questions or comments about this episode or another biblical topic, you can write to us at Focus Ministries Incorporated, P.O. Box 498, Danielsville, Georgia, 30633. For more information about our ministry, you can visit our website, freddiecoyle.org. That's F-R-E-D-D-I-E-C-O-I-L-E.org. We hope to see you again for next week's episode, a focus on the Bible.